0: Welcome to the Data Knowledge Action for Urban Systems podcast series. In this series, we shall explore systems used to build intelligent urban systems, technology used to innovate systems capable of collecting, storing, processing, analyzing, and evaluating data on the most prevalent health-related issues in cities' different sectors, like transportation, employment, Housing, public health, and public space. This series is brought to you jointly by CODATA, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council, Urban Health and Wellbeing Program, and Center for Applied Geomatics, Research and Development Foundation. Via this series, we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use converting data knowledge action systems for healthy cities. Hi, this is Shelley Gandhi from SEPT Research and Development Foundation. Today, we bring to you an episode on data for policymakers to improve decision making for cities' well-being. In this episode, we have Rachel Cooper, distinguished professor of design management and policy, Lancaster University, UK, and Abdul Hadi Alijah, an expert on political science, social capital, and governance from Palestine, Swindon who is postdoctoral fellow at Orient Institute. Lisbon joining us from Sweden. I welcome you both on this episode. This episode, we shall focus on various approaches taken for decision makers to implement good data policy for building urban well-being. We often see that there are numerous factors which impact health, and this makes it extremely important for the policymakers to ensure cities' well-being. So in this episode, we shall explore the factors which impact urban health and well-being from cultural, social and political aspect.
1: Thank you very much, Shali, um, and, and um, hello, um, it's a pleasure to be here to discuss these issues. Um, and uh, we're going to be in conversation, I think, Abdul-Hali and I, uh, looking at cities' well-being and the use of data and decision-making. But let's just begin to think about what we mean by um, the factors in cities that affect our well-being. I mean, from my perspective, I've done a lot of work on the way in which the physical infrastructure affect um, both mental and physical well-being. But the... Physical infrastructure is not the only issue that we need to consider, particularly when we're talking about all cities around the world. Cities are not one categorization; They don't have one type of aspect. And we really need to understand that. I think you might Want to say something about that, Khalid?
2: Thank you very much, Shaleh. Thank you, Rachel, uh, for having me, and uh, it would be a great conversation with the Professor Rachel. And I totally agree with you that the uh, concept of uh, urban well-being and citizen well-being is a very multifaceted and complex uh, phenomena that need to be taken into consideration. Not only the physical and infrastructure uh, aspect, but also the social, political and economic conditions of these cities, and culture aspects. Usually, these three aspects are more important than the physical infrastructure aspects.
1: Yes, and I think also, if we think about that, because of those different cultural, social, and political environments, the regulatory factors, the way in which decision makers make decisions and have an impact on the city, is going to be different. In the UK, we have particular regulatory factors and we're just bringing some new planning regulations to illustrate the importance of design. But I'm sure that is that sort of regulatory environment is very different if we're talking about Europe, Middle East, Africa. They will be different in the way people will use data to make planning decisions. Have you got any experience of that?
2: I believe that this is the case in the Middle East. The um, cities, usually in the whole world, they share the same factors that affect their well being, uh, either in the UK or in the Middle Eastern um, countries. But one aspect here that influenced that uh, very much is the level of inequalities, inequalities in, um, in, in economic and in cultural aspects, and the level of social capital. But also there are different aspects um, that affect the well-being of the cities, such as the available resources, Um, one of the things. Even if we have resources like in Dubai, for example, in in Jeddah, in Saudi Arabia, they have a lot of resources. But how to use these kinds of resources amid the level of inequalities, for example, the culture, social, um, and, and so on, but also the level of industrialization and commercialization. I, I mean, yeah, for example, Dubai, and um, they are commercial hubs. They have, um, but Dubai, for example, doesn't have industry. In Beirut, for example, it has it was a commercial hub for um, in the Middle East, but then it lost this because of some aspects of the infrastructure, because of political reasons, because of um, social reasons. And then I think the infrastructure is one other factor that affect that, uh, the well-being of the city. Uh, and, and, and then last point I, I wanted to affirm is the live, the educational and the recreational facilities. Um, this is a big aspect. If you look at um, Cairo, Cairo is a very complex city. It's a very historical city. It was the capital of education, like also Baghdad in in Iraq in the 70s and 60s. It was the capital of education for the whole Middle East and North African region. Then it closed that because of the political and social reasons. So here, the last point I want to say is the educational and recreational facilities also have a huge impact on the city's well-being and the city design, which will um, definitely help in managing and providing uh, decision makers what they need and how they can upheld the, the city well-being and so on. So that's I think important which all of these, they are affected by the level of inequalities in the city.
1: So what we think what we're saying is that cities are, are very complex. And um, so we've, we've got that basis, complexity and the relationship with health and well-being is equally complex. So let's move on to, if we've got this complex situation, let's move on to data, knowledge and action, the whole issue of data. You know, everybody's talking about data, AI, machine learning, how we can improve the well-being of cities through data and knowledge and and decision-making. But what does that mean? Again, it's different. We have GIS, we have social media, we have BIM, the whole sort of digital built, but as you say, it's not only inequity, inequality within cities, it's comparatively across the world within cities. So what are the issues of accessing, using data? and um, making it effective into effective decision making I mean from our perspective from the UK the research that we're doing they're really pushing ahead with digital built Britain, and creating models using GIS and looking at how you integrate all types of different data, social media, um, having IOT in the city, internet of things in cities, sensors, monitoring people. There's all sorts of issues there about the uh, ethical aspects of data and use of data. So you have the technical aspects of integration, um, AI, machine learning, but you also have all the ethical aspects about privacy, trust, And where different cities are on what I'd say the ladder of maturity to being what some people call a smart city, you know, what is a smart city? Is it just that it has lots of data, but no smartness in making decisions based on that data? And I think that becomes very important because you can have smart cities and we have had smart cities developed that fail but a lot of the UK cities that are old have starting to embed technology in the places and try to use that but they're still struggling with this integration and the interdependency and then translating that into decision making that's going to improve well-being in the cities
2: This actually, you have um, pointed to very important aspects. And let me start with the smart cities. Um, uh, There is this uh, old man uh, who told me a few months ago that what the concept of the smart city in, especially in the Middle East, it will make people more stupid Uh, because the city usually, or cities in general, have three main rules. One is connectivity. Which means that it must connect people together. And without digital system, so the creation of a smart cities and the concept of forcing digitalization of everything, it will create space between people. It will disconnect people from each other, which this will result in lack of trust in the society, lack of public spaces in the society that people get together, which means less. And low level of social capital, which is very necessary to the economic development, and necessary for political development, and will it create more uh, individualism within the society. That's a negative aspect. The second rule of the city is a proximity, which is to here. I mean, is to cluster the activities within the city, to bring together the creational, the educational, and how to deal with the urbanization of the city, how to design the city. Of course, if we have good data, we can create somehow or see how the proximity of the city will be. But let me see this. When this kind of data will help, for example, decision makers to segregate people more. And that's why I will discuss this in a bit. And the third rule of the city is the accessibility, to provide services and goods. And the provide here is mean really high quality. And if we put together the uh, connectivity, proximity and accessibility, then digitalization of the city or then the huge amount of data we have to digitalize the city or to help decision makers take decision will result in two very concerning aspects. One is, um, the, which is you pointed out in the ethical concerns, one inequalities, because in the UK, in West Europe in general, They have the capacity to have high-quality data. But in India, in the global south, they don't have these kind of tools. And and that will create a new gap of inequalities between the global north and the global south. The second point is the privacy, and that's very important. The privacy. In the global north, there is some kind of ethical constraints with the social contract that people can, uh, through the democratic processes, can have this kind of privacy. They can control their privacy. Look at the house, Facebook, and other applications. And for example, um, iPhone, Apple collect data. In in Western Europe, there is a new regulations not to collect special data. But in some countries in the global South, like in the Middle East, this kind of data will be collected by political regimes that will try to control the people and not to to use this data for better equality and better services, and this is exactly like in Asia. So um, the, these are two very important uh, aspects on collecting data for uh, cities for the well-being of the cities. So um, and, and well-being of the city and the population in the city are connected together. That these data will affect their lives and the city itself.
1: I think that's very important um, discussion because. A lot of people believe that the use of data and the collection of data, say, on the physical infrastructure and, say, the transport infrastructure means that decisions can be more effective, that we can monitor buildings, we can monitor anything to do with, you know, net zero carbon we can reduce our footprint by monitoring and retrofitting and redesigning we can also improve the way in pe- which people move around and I mean you know you know most of the western cities monitor their transport monitor their movement of the population to improve the um, ability to move people around so that connectivity is still there and I think it's interesting that clash between what might be effective in making the well-being of city a better place by monitoring and retrofitting and redesigning based on the data you're collecting and you're exactly right about the sort of inequalities again. The more sophisticated systems that you have in that sense, and the more controls and regulations to protect people, the better. However, there is another area which is um, whilst collecting this data, if you are using it in real time to control the city, as it were, you have got some issues of vulnerability because you're then vulnerable to cyber attack, et cetera. So the whole role of data data collection and using that data either in real time or in response is is a challenge. And I don't think cities in terms of their governance, very many cities um, have got the capability and capacity and skill sets to really understand the complexity of both the benefits and the disbenefits of this sort of avalanche of data and data collection that is sort of rolling forward. And you probably would say that could end up in the wrong hands if we do not have a lot more understanding of the challenge of this data tsunami that's that's
2: hitting us i totally agree with you and one aspect is here is to understand how cities work and um and how politics affect how cities work in, in, in engineer <coughs> and this is all, of course linked to um, the collecting collecting of data and this mass data um that provided for policymakers um is going to affect the lives of the people but here what one thing which is important even if we have a lot of data, and even if we have so much data, if we come to translate this data to actions, then it's useless. That's one thing. But also, if we use, if we have these data, like in many Middle Eastern countries, in many in India, in Bangladesh, and in Iran, and in Iraq, we have so much data, but we don't have the enough resources to put these data to be analyzed and to build on these data. So what then the purpose of these data? Then they will have this much data, then the government or policymakers will try to make use of it. And then there has come the securitization or militarization of these data, which affect the life for negative aspect.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I actually think that you might say that you don't have the capacity or the, the skills to, to translate that data into knowledge and action. I actually think that's very much the same in the global north, in Europe, in in North America. You might have some very sophisticated cities like New York or London, but most places are not there yet. And we haven't got the skills and capacity. And probably that's the challenge that we need to build is not only how to collect the data, how to integrate it, and how to understand it in this complex system, but almost to have a challenge of what is the overall aim and the goal that that we should have that says that this data should be used for the good. And there should be almost some principles behind it. And we should make sure we train people to understand how to translate the data, how to interpret it, and how to make the decisions for health and well-being, both of people and the planet. So it, it, there's almost got to be some sort of um, UN guidelines on city data, urban data, uh, the skills we need to translate it to make better decisions and link that to the knowledge base we have on health and wellbeing of the populations.
2: Well, I see the point, and and I my my own view on this, especially in the global south, that two things. One is these kind of data should be collected at local level, the municipality level or neighborhood level. The GIS data, the uh, urban design to understand the culture, the needs, the behavior, the um, the interconnection between social, cultural, and urban design, um, and then. It, it, this could be only at local level, And based on that, this kind of data can put into effectiveness. They, they will have more effectiveness than the national mass data collection and from the central governments or central governor, which will, could be used against the local the individuals, I mean, securitization of this data. So which include GIS, survey data, um, it, it could include also the data on infrastructure, on social infrastructure and culture infrastructure as well.
1: Yes. So I think what we're saying is we're looking for a sort of manifesto that says that uh, data should be owned by the locality the community, and we need to train the community to understand both the relevance of it, to be able to take action based on it, and to ensure it's safe, secure, and it's for their own benefit.
2: Absolutely. That's exactly the point, especially in the global
1: South. Well, I think it's the the point absolutely everywhere. So thank you very much. It's been very interesting speaking to you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Rajan.
0: Thank you, Rachel and Abdul Hadi. It was really interesting to listen to both of you. And you have rightly highlighted some of the major aspects which have been missing in most of the city's administration when they talk about making the city more healthier or moving towards urban well-being. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode from the Data Knowledge Action for Urban Systems podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website www.crtf.org and follow us on social media please leave a review like and share wherever you listen to the podcast look out for the next episodes and join us next time thank you